got a circle. Zalela, birthday, and Craig? Zalela and Craig? Oh! Craig and Delayla share a birthday? Ooh la la. Is he going to be nine too? How old is he going to be? Sir? Oh, it's a theme. Circles. Oh, memes. Circle and the circle of life. And they're endless. They never end. Like when you do a marriage ceremony, the ring is a circle that represents eternity. Well, hi. Hello. I like your shirt. It's very bright and she Oh. Wow. What'd you get? What? First place. Where's your medal? First place, obviously. Hello. Go, Kellen. That's why you came up here, right? Of course. All right. You and Rocco. All right. Another circle. Oh, this one's like a rainbow circle. God's promises last for eternity. Yeah. This is Lila's. Lila Rose. Is that your middle names, right? That's what I thought. Okay. It's beautiful. And? Oh, just, they're just, oh, okay. And? What do you got, ma'am? A rainbow. Okay, we got the rainbow because that is God's promise. Whole name. The whole family, Zella and mom and dad and Zoe and Eli. No, no. What's that say? And and Zoe. What about Eli? Oh, she doesn't know how yet. We better figure that out. That's beautiful. It's like a rainbow. A rainbow. But the colors are rainbows. Oh, sorry. All right. Oh, sometimes your life looks a little bit crazy. But God's promises are still true. A circus. Yeah, my life's a circus sometimes, too. It is a mess in the circus. All right. I want to be a circus. Uh, what's the guy called? The ringmaster. Yeah. All right. Elephants over here. Tightrope walkers over there. I love this. This is beautiful. What'd you draw me? Yeah, I love it. Can you tell them what song you want to sing next week? Amen. You want to sing Amen, right? Yes. Yeah, say it, say it. Yeah, say it. Woo! <laughs> Woo! So we'll sing that next week, okay? We'll sing it next week for you. Got it? Got it. All right. Awesome. <laughs> All right, kiddos, I think you are going to go. Did I forget anything? 
candy. We do. Uh, are they before or after we leave the children? Oh, okay, got it. If you're, um, this is Christy's job, so I'm in the. All right. So we want to give a warm welcome to our guests today. This light is really bright. Which way? This way? Uh, not really. I, I'm, I'm shorter than you are, so. Okay, so guests, welcome. Um, if you're a guest, you should have received a welcome bag, and there's a communication card in there. I think Dave's given me the wave that we don't have any guests today, so all right, I'll skip that. All right, candy. If you have a birthday or anniversary this week, We'll get you some candy. Woo. All right. And then um, Pastor Jenny's birthday is coming up on the 22nd of December. So are we allowed to tell? <laughs> She's older than me. All right. Oh, also, ministry spotlight this month is the office volunteers, so if you haven't gotten your candy yet for that, get, make sure you get your candy today for that. Okay, Pastor Jenny's birthday. Sorry. I'm trying to multitask. Um, her birthday is the 22nd. We want to honor her next Sunday, so please bring cards, and we'll also receive an offering for her to celebrate her because she's awesome, and she does such a great job of loving us and leading us, and we want to celebrate all of her fabulousness. <laughs> All right, and then we also have coming up on the 24th of December, our Christmas Eve service at 5 p.m. Please make plans to join us. Yes, 5 o'clock, not 5.30, 5 o'clock. Don't be late, don't forget, and invite your friends, invite family, it's always a great time. It's probably like seriously my favorite service of the year. Probably. I was just thinking about that the other day. How like that's my favorite Christmas tradition is Christmas Eve now. So. All right. With that, I'm going to say kids, go ahead and go to class. Miss Don and Mariposa are teaching today. Oh. All right. And today we get to hear from Pastor Chris. So, the one, the only. Yeah, well, I love you all, but I'm going to wipe off this microphone. <laughs> um, good morning, everyone. I think that it is totally appropriate that there is such a, um, an atmosphere of joy in this place because the name of my message this morning is The Gift of Joy. And uh, I think we've seen it demonstrated so far this morning. We're going to start out. I've got a brief little fun little uh, Christmas video called Christmas in a Nutshell. You have it back there. It should be in a file that says Pastor Chris. That's not it. It's called Christmas in a Nutshell. 
I believe it's in a file with my name on it. Maybe? Yes? If not, we'll just... Uh... Oh, there it is. Okay, lights down, sound up, let's hit it. You know, we talk about gifts at Christmas time, and there are so many things that God gave us when he gave us Jesus. But today we're going to look at one specific part of that, and we're going to look at the gift of joy. And Christy talked about this a few weeks ago when she shared her beautiful message on Emmanuel, God with us. And she talked about how so many times in our lives we have family stories, don't we? I mean, we've all got family stories that are so familiar to us that we don't even hear them anymore. And one of the, the first thing that I thought of when I was thinking about those types of family stories is the day that our grandson Speed was born. He was our first grandson. And the day that he was born was a very eventful day in a lot of ways. So every year on his birthday, I would, you know, we would spend time together and say, Speed, let me tell you about the day you were born. Do you want to hear the story about the day you were born? Well, for about the first 16 years of his life, he was good with that. For the last five or six years, I say, Speed, do you want to hear about the day you were born? He rolls his eyes at me. And so many times with those family stories, haven't we heard them so often that they just go in one ear and out the other? And we might even, you know, physically or at least, um, you know, we roll our eyes in some ways. But I'm going to tell you a story, a very important story that many of us have heard so many times. We usually hear it annually, at least on Christmas Eve we hear it. And we've heard it so many times that sometimes we really don't hear it anymore. But I'm going to read it to you. It's Luke, the second chapter, verses 8 through 14, and this is what it says. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were so afraid, or this version says they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. 
because I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And the angels were talking about a lot of things here. There were lots of gifts that were mentioned. But one of the things that really caught me when I was reading this scripture just recently was joy. Joy. Man, it's an amazing thing, joy. It's a powerful force, joy. It was said this morning, Mary Kay said it, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And the angels were talking about joy, the gift of joy. And I think we have to understand a little bit about what was going on historically for us to understand what that meant to hear about joy. Because, you know, we, we, we sort of have some understanding of the Bible. We sort of have some understanding, maybe some historical understanding. And we hear, you know, in the Old Testament stories, and we see all the times that God spoke to people, didn't he? How he spoke to, to Moses, and how he spoke to Noah, and how he spoke to the prophets, and how angels would appear, and all these incredible things happened in the Old Testament. We read all that history, and it's fascinating. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it's fantastic how God spoke to his people. But do you know that between the book of Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament, and Matthew, which is the first book of the New Testament, God was silent for 400 years. Ten generations had never experienced hearing God's voice. They'd never experienced the presence of God. I mean, 400 years God was silent, and God was silent until one day there was a young woman named Mary a 15-year-old girl, probably around 15 years old. And God came to her by way of an angel and a dream and said, you're going to have a baby, and he is going to be Messiah. He is going to be the Messiah that your people have been longing for for hundreds of years. He is going to be Messiah that your people have only dreamed about, that you've only heard about, that you've only been able to read about in the Old Testament scriptures, a Messiah. You are going to bear this child, and this child is going to be Messiah. And then an angel came to Joseph in a dream and said, don't be afraid. You can take Mary as your wife, even though she is unmarried, even though you've never known her in a physical way. You can take her as your wife, and it's going to be okay because she is going to bear Messiah. She's going to give birth to a child, and his name is going to be Emmanuel, God with us. And so Joseph heard God, Mary heard God, and all of a sudden God was speaking again in incredible ways. And here are the angels proclaiming to the shepherds, don't be afraid, for I bring you good tidings of great what? Joy, which will be to all people the gift of joy, which, you know, I just think probably wasn't easy to come by for those 400 years that God wasn't speaking. There was no such thing in that time. There was no real understanding of true joy. We sing about it. I mean, how many Christmas songs do we sing about joy? I just kind of went through my mental list and, and came up with like, joy to the world, right? Or, oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. How about, oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant and then there's joyful all ye nations rise and then reach uh 
Let's see. Rejoice, rejoice. That's another word for joy. Emmanuel has come to thee. All right. And there are probably lots more that I missed, but we sing about it, and it's such a powerful thing. But sometimes I think we miss the power of joy, the gift of joy. So what is joy? Well, I looked up the biblical definition of joy, and it says this. Joy is cheerfulness. It's a calm delight. It's gladness. It's a cheerful heart. In other words, an expression of the heart. It's more than just surface happiness. Happiness is, is fleeting. Happiness is very um, dependent upon circumstances. Happiness is here one minute and gone the next. I mean, happiness is a very fleeting thing, but joy is, a, is kind of a force. It's kind of a power. It, it resides in our hearts. It's a state of mind. Listen to this. It's infused with comfort and wrapped in peace and fueled by love. I'm going to read that again. I'm going to say that again here a few times because I think that's just worth hearing again. Joy is infused with comfort, wrapped in peace, fueled by love, and I'll add this, and not dependent on the circumstances. Wow. Galatians 5, through 23 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. A lot of us are familiar with that. And it talks about love, joy, peace. We all know those fruit of the Spirit that, that God says that he puts in our hearts is when we experience the love of God in our lives, when we accept Jesus into our hearts, when we accept the sacrifice and the fruit of the Spirit is ours. And God says these are the fruit, that, that joy is one of those fruits of the Spirit, or in other words, it's one of those gifts of God, the gift of joy that, that's placed deep within us when we experience Jesus as our Lord. And, it's, and, and that, that scripture in Galatians 5, and 23, joy is the natural reaction to the work of God. Listen to this. Whether those works are promises or actually fulfilled. Now that, that was important there. So don't, I don't want to lose you here. Okay, that joy that is talking about, that joy, that fruit of the Spirit, that joy that's put into our hearts, that God places in our hearts, it's a natural reaction to the work or the works of God, whether those works are promised or fulfilled. Do you know that sometimes we, we have promises of God that we haven't seen the fulfillment yet? How many of you are, are banking on that? You know God's promised you things, you haven't seen it yet. But God has made promises to us through his word. He's made promises to us individually. And we haven't seen some of those things yet. But joy is a reaction to that work, whether that's promised or fulfilled. The Greek word for joy, and I probably won't say this right because I'm certainly not a Greek scholar, is C-H-A-R-A, which I believe is kara. It's pronounced kara. It means grace or gift. That word joy literally means a grace or a gift. True godly joy cannot be found except in relationship with God. It's a deep sense of peace, here we go again, and comfort that's fueled by grace and hope and is not dependent on the circumstances. It's fueled by grace, hope, and love. And it's not dependent on the circumstances. We all got circumstances, don't we? Every one of us. You can probably, as you just kind of mentally do a little inventory of your life right now, you could probably come up with lots of circumstances, lots of circumstances that are challenging, right? And uh, that joy, that gift of joy that the angels promised, 
glad tidings of good joy which shall be to all people for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the King and this shall be a sign unto you you will find that baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. I, I, I memorized it in the King James. How about you? Wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. That joy that had been absent for 400 years, that joy that came in the form of a baby named Jesus, that gift of joy that the Holy Spirit places into our hearts and lives to this day, that joy that's not dependent on the circumstances in our life, that joy that sees beyond the circumstances and sees the promise even though we haven't seen the fulfillment of the promise yet. Romans 15, 13 says this. It says, may the God of hope. Ooh, that's another good gift. You know, this could be a series. <laughs> the gift of joy, the gift of hope, the gift of love. We could, we, could, we could run this baby for a long time. May the God of hope fill you, I love this, with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Mary Kay said it earlier, Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is our what? It is our strength. There is a power in joy. There is a strength in joy. There is a force in joy that is not subject to circumstances. It's so much different than superficial happiness. It's a powerful force. John 15 Chapter, or excuse me, chapter 15, verses 10 through 12, this is Jesus speaking. He said, if you keep my commandments, now we're going to learn in just a second what those commandments were that he was talking about. He's not talking about the Ten Commandments here, okay? Although those are important, but they were all fulfilled by Jesus in love. But let me tell you this. Jesus said, if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love, Jesus said, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you, and so that your joy may be complete. And then he says exactly how this happens. Love one another as I have loved you. Joy is fueled by love. You know, and I, I guess we have to ask ourselves, if I'm not sensing that joy in my life, God says he put it in me. If I'm not sensing it, what is hindering me? What is keeping me from experiencing that joy that, that God obviously wants me to experience? Because the angels even said, good tidings or glad tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. That's, we are still falling into that category of all people, don't we? The Holy Spirit gave us joy as one of the fruits of the Spirit. So, so if we're not fully experiencing that joy or we don't have that sense, that deep sense of, of confidence and, and trust, and, and, and we don't have that deep sense of peace and comfort in our hearts and lives, what is keeping us from living and experiencing that life of joy? Well, let me just tell you this. The number one thief of joy, and this comes out in lots of different ways. This, this particular thing manifests itself in lots of different characteristics and lots of different circumstances is fear. It's the number one thief of joy. And we've got another little video that we're going to show you here in a minute, but I'm just going to give it a little background. Um, a Charlie Brown Christmas is probably my all-time favorite Christmas show. I mean, I think it came out in the early 1960s when I was but a wee child. 
and every year it aired, you know, once, because you didn't have, you couldn't have videos in those days, you couldn't stream anything, you had to watch it when it was happening, or you missed it till next year, but every year, I know, those were the olden days, every year, we would sit in front of the TV, and we would watch the Charlie Brown Christmas story. Well, I didn't know until a few years ago that there was a scene in that beautiful little cartoon movie where Linus was sharing the story of Christmas and a powerful thing happened. You'll remember that if you were a Charlie Brown fan or if you are a Charlie Brown fan, Linus always had something in his hand and that was his blankie. It was his security. It was his comfort. It's what represented everything positive and hopeful and comforting in his life. But there is a point in the story where that all changes. And I want us to just take a moment. This is about a one-minute video, and we're going to watch what happens. Go ahead and dim the lights, and let's roll that. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. And if you caught that, as soon as Linus said, fear not, he dropped the blanket. Because no longer did he need that false sense of security or that false sense of comfort. He was able to drop the blanket. And let me tell you what fear does to us. It paralyzes us, doesn't it? It, it creates doubt and unbelief, and it feeds doubt and unbelief. It's actually the opposite of joy. It causes us to hate what we don't understand. It causes us even, you know, to hate people that we don't understand. It causes us to hate lifestyles that we don't understand. It causes us to, to, to break relationships because maybe we don't understand. Fear. It, it often, you know, it disguises itself and comes out in our lives as maybe anger, maybe a, a critical spirit, kind of that, you know, that always, always having to judge and criticize. It can come out as isolationism, where we just pull ourselves away. It can destroy our health, actually. It can destroy relationships. It comes when we don't understand what's happening. And it really can get us stuck on the why. Can it? 
You know, we get stuck on the why. Why, God? Why me? Why this? Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to my family? Why are these circumstances happening? Why is, why is the world like it is? Why are people mean? Why is all this happening? Fear comes when we don't understand and we get stuck on the why. So, so how do we conquer fear? I mean, how do we conquer this number one enemy to joy? Number one, we have to recognize our fears, don't we? You know, I, I think even in that little video, and you know, I, I maybe, I, I have to believe that the author and creator of that, Charles Schultz, knew exactly what he was doing when he wrote it that way and illustrated it that way. He knew exactly what he was doing when Linus dropped that blanket, because you'll never see Linus without his blanket in any of the Charlie Brown cartoons or TV shows or movies or anything. But he had to know exactly what he was doing. And what Linus was expressing there was the world was in a place of fear. The world was in a place of darkness. The world was in a place where they didn't understand. The world was in a place where they couldn't hear God. The world was in a, a very dark place. And the angel came and said, fear not. Boom. All those fears, all those fears that we can name and recognize are gone at the understanding of who Jesus is. So how do we conquer fear? We've got to recognize fear. We've got to recognize it for what it is. We've got to recognize it when we're feeling angry, when we're feeling critical, when we're wanting to pull away from everything and everyone, when we're finding all these challenges in our relationships. We have to recognize the root of that is fear. We have to name the fear. We have to say, you know what? I have been experiencing fear. Denying fear won't do anything about it. I mean, Linus's was obvious. His comfort solution to all the fear he had in his life was this little blanket that he carried around. But, you know, we carry those things around, too. We might not have anything physical we're carrying around, but we carry around a lot of stuff that's rooted in fear. And then we have to doubt our doubts. You know, this one has been huge to me lately. There's a book that, um, that Jenny gave me not long ago. I read it many, many years ago. It's called Christ the Healer. It's an old book. The author's long since gone to heaven. But it's a beautiful book. I think it was required reading for Dave when he was in Bible school, and Jenny as well, and Jason as well. And um, anyway, but there's this one little phrase in that book where he talks about doubting your doubts. And I'm telling you, that thing has kept me, that, that one little phrase has kept, brought me back into peace more often than I can tell you over the last couple months. Because, you know, how many times do we believe our doubts and doubt God? Well, you know what? We can believe and trust what God says and doubt our doubts, can't we? And that is an antidote to fear when we can believe and trust the promises of God and doubt our doubts. When I start to doubt, I say, I doubt you doubt. I trust God. I believe what God said is more real and more true than what doubt says to me, right? Because right, doubt is fueled by fear and trust is fueled by peace and joy and love. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not, Mary Kay said it this morning, given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound, well-disciplined mind. Philippians 4, 6 through 9, I love this. This is one of my all-time favorite scriptures. Always has been, always will be. I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified. Philippians chapter 4, 6 through 9. It's talking about how to deal with fear. It says, don't have any fret, don't have fret or have any anxiety. Those are fruits of fear. Anxiety and fretting and worrying is simply 
another term for fear, all right? Do not fret. Do not have any anxiety about anything. But instead, in every circumstances and in everything by prayer and petition, that means definite requests, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Oh, wow. How do we conquer fear? Well, there it is in a nutshell. Do not fret or don't have any fear or any anxiety. But... Instead, in every circumstances and in everything, by prayer and petition, with definite requests, in other words, name it, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God and God's peace. Remember that joy is fueled by peace and comfort and love and all those awesome things. And God's peace, or we could say God's joy, shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, which transcends all understanding, shall mount guard or build a strong wall of protection over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And he goes on to say, for the rest, brethren, or here, here's, here's even more. <laughs> this is so great. You want to know how, how to conquer fear? Whatever is true, God's word is true. God's promises are true. What God says about the situation is true. You can doubt your doubts and trust in truth, whatever is worthy of reverence, and whatever is honorable, and whatever is seemly, and whatever is just, and whatever is pure, and whatever is lovely, and lovable, and whatever is kind, and winsome, and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on, and weigh, and take account of these things, fix your minds on them, and then he goes on to say, and I underlined it twice, practice. This just doesn't happen by accident. This takes practice. Practice what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, Paul says, and model your way of living on it, and the God of peace, of untroubled, undisturbed well-being will be with you. Wow. Wow. James even is so bold as to say in chapter 1, verse 2, that when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy because it gives us opportunity to practice what we just read about because troubles will come our way, won't they? Jesus said you will experience trouble, but don't be afraid, he said, because I have overcome the world. In John 16, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have trouble. Why do we get so surprised when we find trouble in this world? Why are we so shocked when we find trouble in this world? Why do we act like, oh, nobody's ever experienced such a thing in the history of the world? I'm experiencing trouble. Oh, my. We act like it's some foreign thing that nothing's... I mean, we live in a fallen world, and it's got some trouble, and it's got some pain. But Jesus said, take heart or don't be afraid, he said. Because I have overcome the world. Now, we're going to watch another little clip of a Charlie Brown Christmas. This is the very end of the story. And I want you to just kind of look and see if you can find Linus's blanket again, okay? So here we go. Lights.
Okay, you could turn it off. <laughs> and where was the blanket this time? Yeah, Linus once again. And again, the, there's so much symbolism here, and there's so much representation. You know, they're singing, Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. And there's such another symbolism of that tree representing everlasting life. That tree representing that greenery and that beauty of that tree that represents the gifts that God has given us. And Linus takes that blanket again and he lays it down at the foot of that tree because he understands that life has come, that Jesus has come, that the angels have said, I bring you glad to good tidings of great joy, which shall be all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Because of Jesus, because of the Savior, we can be filled, infused, and saturated with the gift of joy. That great sense of peace and comfort, fueled by grace and love and filled with hope. Let's all stand to our feet and pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for Christmas. We thank you for the story. Father, help us to never take for granted that beautiful story. Help us to listen with ears that want to hear every time we hear that beautiful story. The story of when you began to speak to your people again, where after 400 years of silence you came and you spoke to your people again through the angels and you said, fear not, for I bring you glad tidings of great joy. Thank you for that gift of joy. Thank you for that peace. Thank you for that comfort. Thank you that it's fueled by your love for us and your love that you put in us, and then we can express that love to everyone around us. Father, we choose today to realize and believe that you are joy. Father God, that we don't have to be afraid. God, that everything we have need of, you have already provided in Jesus. And we can lay down our fear and we can lay down our false comfort. And we can lay down everything that, that is not of you. We can lay down our doubts. And we can realize, Father God, that you have given us life. And you have given us peace. And you have given us joy. You have given us joy, Father. And we choose to receive that gift. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we have our prayer people come up? And if you would like to have prayer about any situation that you're experiencing in life right now, these people are here. They just want to pray with you. They just want to speak words of life and comfort and healing and love into your, into your life. And so um, if you'd like prayer, come on up. We're going to go ahead and dismiss, I believe. Do we have choir practice after? We're going to sing a song. Yay, we're going to sing a song. Okay. So before we leave today, um, maybe there are some of us here that have never experienced the love of, of God that we, we understand or that we know, or, or maybe we've, we've never accepted Jesus into our life. We've never accepted that gift of salvation that Jesus came to bring because, you know, that's what it was all about. The world was lost, 
And then Jesus came. God sent his only son. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. And maybe there are some of us today who have never experienced that, who have never asked Jesus, you know, on purpose, intentionally asked Jesus to come into our lives. And so if there's anybody like that today, um, you know what? Let's just pray together. Let's just all of us pray together. And, and it's good for those of us who have done that many times to make a rededication of our lives to God. It's wonderful for those of us who have maybe never done that, to, have, to experience that. So let's just do that. I'm just going to pray. And if you would just want to repeat after me out loud, everybody's going to do that together. So let's just do that. Father God, I thank you that you loved us so much that you gave the best gift. Your son, born of a virgin, came to this earth to bring salvation. I thank you, Father God, that as I accept that gift, as I believe in my heart that Jesus came, that he lived a perfect life, that he was crucified, he took my sin upon him so that he could bring me to you, Father. And I could become a child of God. I accept that today. I receive that today. I receive your salvation. The best gift in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that for the first time today, I encourage you to tell somebody. You can come tell one of these people, and they'll just be super happy and joyful with you. And um, we're going to sing one more song, and then we're going to dismiss. Sure. 